Well, we talk a lot about it here on this program, and that is broadband in farm country. And farm country lawmakers have been ramping up congressional oversight of federal broadband expansion efforts, particularly spending. Rural broadband advocates, farm groups, and telecom experts are speaking up on overcoming some of the key barriers to successfully closing the digital divide. Now, Christian Stout is the Director of Innovation Policy for the International Center for Law and Economics, and he talks about some of the barriers that are standing in the way to the efficient use of the money that has been allocated for broadband expansion. One of the threats that to the, the efficacy of this program could be different state authorities not necessarily focusing on these people who have traditionally been very difficult to connect to the internet, but looking at lower hanging fruit that is easier to connect. People who might have slower than extremely fast, but are faster than what we consider non-existent broadband service. There are a number of hurdles that have just traditionally existed everywhere in the United States for broadband deployment. These include things like municipal permitting, getting rights of way. And then one of the largest drivers of cost is access to utility poles across the United States. There are some more complicated problems that go into access to these poles or around whether they're privately owned, whether they're owned by municipalities and co-ops, which can easily explode costs for a particular deployment and make it so that the money that the federal government is directing to reach these remote areas is not actually being fully used to reach these people, but is instead being wasted. Now there's several concrete steps that government agencies can take to ensure efficient use of funds and get that digital divide closed up first thing to say about this is that by and large, private providers have done a really great job of reaching the United States. We're one of the most connected countries in the world. Congress has direct authority over some entities that own these poles that can explode costs, something like the Tennessee Valley Authority, for instance. Entities like it that are under direct congressional control are obligated to reply to these requests in a timely manner and do so in a way that doesn't try to unfairly shift costs onto private providers. And we can't forget, accessing utility poles in remote areas, that can get pretty expensive. The problem is a little more complicated when you're outside of direct congressional control. The FCC has direct jurisdiction over investor-owned utilities that have poles. The FCC can make a ruling that imposes a requirement that cost-sharing is equitable between private providers and poll owners, that these disputes are settled in a timely manner, and that there's something called the accelerated docket that these disputes can get onto to make sure they're resolved in a timely manner. What it doesn't have the power to do this to is over states that have opted out of the FCC oversight and over municipal and co-op utilities. Congress should look at extending FCC authority over those entities. That's a big one. And another point that complicates things is there's a lot of confusion about the requirements that go along with the funds. NTIA, the National Telecommunications Information Administration, they're another federal agency that's responsible for dispersing the grants to the states that are coming out through the money that the federal government allocated. When Congress passed the law that created this money, they actually did not put a huge number of strings on the money. They want this money to go right to the states to be used to connect people. When the NTIA got access to this program, they started to put a number of strings on it, which are technically not in the law itself. NTIA should revise the application requirements that it's putting out there because I think it's misleading to the states. It makes it look to the states like there's a number of things they have to spend money on. At the same time, if NTIA doesn't do that, I think there's a role for state regulators to be aware that these requirements from NTIA are just recommendations and are not actually required by the program. Well, and we can only hope that this gets resolved sooner rather than later. Again, that's Christian Stout of the International Center for Law and Economics. Podcasts by Federated Media.